welcome back to the Mission of Speed podcast. Today, I get to interview a good friend of mine through the Lululemon Network uh, named Laura Dunlop. Laura and I met through Lululemon, but we quickly uh, realized that we um, had the same bond for the sport of running, um, which which inspired both of us when I heard about her story of running the Boston Marathon in one of the hottest years um, that they had actually run it. And she had a successful performance that day where a lot of people struggled. And that kind of showed me a lot about her character and toughness before even learning um, just about how amazing of a human being she is. Um, she's done it all. It seems like everything from finance into the world of Lululemon as, uh, you know, the management side of things, um, leading people, um, helping people grow, um, in their job as their guests, they call their customers, um, or it's just the people that she's working with, um, all the way now into doing Pilates. She's an instructor. Um, she's kind of graduated through the phase of it just being something that she was doing personally for herself, but now she's helping other people with it. Um, and she's just somebody that's always constantly evolving. So we're looking forward to listening to this episode um and if as always if you enjoy us um, subscribe uh, and you'll hear more stories like laura's let's dive in all right welcome back to the mission of speed podcast i'm here with a good friend of mine laura dunlop uh you know our worlds have been connected really in the last couple of years um through the lululemon network that uh we were introduced through um, but then we realized we kind of had more you know um i would say commonalities than we probably thought whether you know it was my mom being the mayor of ladue and you guys living there uh having the connection through running which i found out kind of later on so i'm just so excited to to have you on this podcast and to dive into your story. So thanks for being here. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. And like you said, it's such a great way to connect with you here. Have you have you been on many podcasts before? Never. This is your first podcast Never. ever? Oh, I feel honored. This is great. That's why I'm this sweating is, already. This is the big breakthrough for you. You know, this is where, where you get your start. And then you'll be having your own podcast pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> One thing at a time. Absolutely. Well, so I just would love to kind of, you know, kind of hear your introduction, you know, your elevator, you know, pitch for sure, you know, of who you are. Um, you know, you, there's so many things that we're going to dive into, but would just love to kind of give a little bit more perspective about you to our listeners. Sure. So what feels most relevant is I'm a mom of three boys. Um, aged five, three, and one, and they're insane. Um, they take up the bulk of my day. But other than being a mom, um, I've worked for Lululemon for over 10 years, which is where I met Mark and where I've gathered so many amazing connections in St. Louis. I am a runner. I am a boxer. I'm a Pilates instructor. I have workout ADD. So I love to move. I also love to learn. Um, and kind of, I guess, core values would be a great way to just summarize kind of me in an elevator pitch. I'm, this is a really, um, there's a lot of floors in this building. I love it. (laughs) Um, so sweat, so movement is important to me, constantly learning and growing. And then I'm all about like play and connection through play and just having fun no matter what I do. That's that's awesome. And I love love the analogies that you're using there. What what are your kids' names? Bo, Blake, and Drew. Okay. 
I've, I've had the honor of meeting, I think, two of the three, yes. you know, at different points. Uh, and what what amazing energy. And then following, obviously, your, their story on your social media, uh, them getting into hockey. And it's just, it's it's fun because I grew up with three brothers. Um, so just one more boy. And seeing you guys, like, just, you know, playing sports and, and just running around and, you know, jumping all over your mom and everything, <laughs> you know, reminds me just so much of memories. And then I just have so much respect for you because I'm like, man, a mom of three boys, that's a <laughs> that's a full-time job right there it's lots of movement well that's well that's great well you know our worlds were connected through lululemon um, but we found out pretty quickly that we did have a you know the same bond with the sport of running um and you know one thing that i found out pretty quickly about you was that you had run boston and you ran boston the year that it was i think 2012 correct and that year i want to say it was like 90 degrees uh, which is just like nuts for a marathon especially in april you know you kind of think about okay if it's a warmer day it's gonna maybe be like 70s you know maybe you know, early, you know, low eighties by the end of it, but to race in 90 degrees, I mean, it's crazy. And so the most people that I know had a rough day. And then I talked to you about it. And I think the first thing I said was, Oh, you're in 2012. That's rough. And you're like, actually I did really well there. So that was like another level of respect. I was like, man, not only did she run Boston, but she crushed it on the year that was, you know, one of the harder years to do it. Um, you know, how much of, of that race and, and, you know, just, you know, that, that experience training for it still do carry today? Oh, well, I just think running it was an ultimate privilege and I will ever forever be grateful to have had the opportunity to experience that race. I get teary. I can, um, just the history of the race, the feeling you get when you're running by everyone cheering. And I had so much appreciation for these people that were out there in the heat as well. And just screaming for hours with all these people. So I'll have those memories forever it's, and ever. No, it's it's amazing just hearing from different people, you know, who've done the race and hearing, okay, what first comes to their mind when they think about that race and, you know, just, just what it means to everybody as an individual. And there's so many stories, which is great. Now, getting to Boston is a big deal, you know, in our sport. It's not something that, you know, people hire me, you know, to get there in five years. You know, sometimes their their lifelong goal is to get there. So they're not even there at this point. Um, but, you know, for for somebody to kind of get it there early in their in their running career, very impressive in itself but did you did you play other sports like what was your background before kind of getting into running yeah I I played every sport um, mostly volleyball I grew up traveling playing competitively and I actually didn't start running until college Um, I gained my freshman probably 25 we'll call it and I had I got to go to um, school at UC Santa Barbara so I had the most beautiful backdrop ever for a runner, right along the ocean, perfect weather every day. So I started running there one mile, two miles, and then I ran my first 10K. And the I think everyone can probably, every runner could imagine their first race they ran. And that was when I really fell in love with the running community and that high I got after finishing the race that, that lit my fire for, um, for running. And, and then the people I met along the way were just the icing on the cake. And that community is, it's so hard to beat the run community. You guys are awesome. (laughs) Well, you're, you're a member of them. So it's, it's, you know, we are all awesome. I would say, I mean, I think, you know, 
what I love most about the sport of running is obviously the community. And I, I think what brings us so much together, doesn't really matter about your speed is that you're going through something that's very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so if you're doing this on a consistent basis and you're enjoying it, you have this kind of weird bond to pain as something that's positive where a lot of people see pain as something very negative. And so I think it attracts more positive people because if you can look at negative things as something that, you know, kind of enriches your life and makes you happier, obviously there's a runner's high and there's different effects, but you know, just that grind and that satisfaction of, man, I really crushed that, um, is so inspiring to me. Uh, so I think it's, it's just so great how many nice people, you know, kind of are involved in our sport and, you know, great people like yourself, um, you know, make it so, so fun. But what I love most about my job is that I work with a lot of adults who didn't start running in high school or college, just like yourself. And so played competitive volleyball. Um, Katie McFarlane was on the podcast uh, a few months ago and she, I didn't realize that she had played college volleyball, um, you know, playing other sports. We had a guy just join our team who was a D one football player and now he was a tight end 270. Now he is running distance running and he's running a qualified for Boston last week in the marathon. So it's these stories of learning about other athletes who are now dipping their toes into this sport and then seeing them enjoy it just as much as they enjoy these other sports kind of gives me a lot of confidence that if we could expose distance running to more people, I think we would see that more people would enjoy it mm-hmm. if it wasn't just the punishment of your sport or whatever the case exactly. is, which is, well, that's, that's a great, um, you know, great place to start running. Um, and then obviously getting here to St. Louis, did you, did you, uh, you know, enjoy running in forest park training for that race? Like what were some of the spots that you were going from? I mean, it's kind of hard to beat, you know, California and the beach, but right St. Now. Louis is a great place to run. It's beautiful. And I always, think what's so great about running is you can just go out your front door right like you it's it's one sport you don't need a lot of equipment you don't need to go to a gym you don't need anything else you need your feet so a lot of it was just out the door forest park queenie park um i i had a stint for a while where i did quite a few trail runs um quivering quads all the skippo series castlewood so trail running i think is also awesome um my dad too he's a runner my dad is, well, today's his birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, dad. <laughs> so he's 66. Um, He runs, he still runs three 10Ks a week. That's amazing. Like his six miles, 6.2 is what he does. So what was neat too is when I first moved back, he and I spent a lot of miles running together and it was a great way to bond with him. That's really cool. And especially for him to be, you know, running, uh, you know, that many miles, um, you know, still and enjoying it. He's a machine. Inspiring. So <laughs> inspiring. I mean, and so that's, yeah, it's good, you know, kind of future telling for yourself then that <laughs> they're running, you know, you can do it forever. Uh, you know, obviously you have to have to have the right cause, but that's a really cool story. Uh, so, you know, obviously running is something that we bond over, but we really kind of got through and connected through Lululemon, um, which shameless plug is something that I'm wearing from head to toe at this point, except for my hat. Uh, and I love it. You know, it was a brand that I didn't know much about. Um, I, I think that especially when I was in high school, Lululemon was around, but I don't think there was much kind of momentum on the men's side of things. And then it was, uh, just a few years ago. Well, now it was probably about five years ago or so. I had a client at the time who was working there and she told me, Hey, come on in. Um, we're really looking to like meet different runners who are guys and give you some stuff and try to get you, you know, interested in that product. And so I went in there and like, just like you thinking, okay, wow, this is my first podcast ever. This is really exciting, but also really, really nerve wracking. I walked into Lululemon and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't belong here. What, like, I didn't see any other guys there. I was like, 
do I just look like a creep here? Like, what's wrong with me? And I didn't know what to do because I was waiting for her to come out to give me, you know, the tour or whatever mm-hmm. the case was. So I'm just staring directly at like a mannequin, you know, pretending to like, you know, be on my <laughs> phone, you know, whatever the case is just to, you know, to get out of it. And it was great because got the opportunity to meet Jenna right away. Um, and that was my kind of my start uh, to, to learning more about the community and learning more just than not just the product that was that I ended up loving and enjoying to wear, but then also meeting great people. And I think it was in that next year that I met you because you guys were kind of trying to dive into the St. Louis running side of things right. um, and using Lululemon kind of as a uh, opportunity to to help out and be more you know involved in things like that. Um, but you know, I, I think so much about you know that experience and the role that the employees have um, kind of in the day-to-day, which I think is very unique for a retail manager um, because you don't typically think, okay, retail manager is going to have this like big setting tone in community, you know, like it's, it's just so cool that they, you know, they, they, they've dedicated so much to that. And so my my first kind of question for you is that like, you know, for you, when it comes to when it comes to, you know, your experience with Lululemon, you know, what's the, like, what's the one thing that sticks out to you the most that's like, okay, this is my, you know, um, wah moment or whatever the case is that like, I'm here and it's because of XYZ, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh gosh. I will sing the praises of Lululemon forever and ever as a, a company to work for and be a part of. And what I started at Lululemon, um, I was in finance before, and I call myself a suit dropout. I was in suit pantyhose, high heels, and I wasn't happy. And I found Lululemon through a few different um, directions that people had pointed it as a fit. And uh, my first response was like, I, I am not like leaving a financial job to go work retail. Like, right. I'm like, oh, my parents will kill me. Like what? And I actually spent time reading about Lululemon, researching the company. And when I read all about it, I'm, this is me, like what they stand for, the community, the connection, the sweat, the leadership, the empowerment of others. I was like, it felt so right that I knew this is where I'm going to be and this is where I get to grow. That's awesome. That's awesome that you have that right off, you know, the tip of your tongue too, just shows how authentic and genuine, you know, your experience has been um, working there. And, you know, something I think about too so much about you is that, you were, you know, you are still obviously you're on your sabbatical right now, but you're a manager, you're a leader, you're somebody who holds a high position, but you also are so down to earth. Like you're so like just the everyday person. If I didn't, if you didn't identify yourself as that specific role, I don't think I would have necessarily known that, you know, you're one of the pe- people who can walk out on the sales floor. And even though a lot of your job was more, you know, kind of overseeing and doing things, you know, maybe behind the scenes, you could tell me right off the bat, what size my girlfriend needs to wear yeah. without even, you know, just. <laughs> seeing her base on the other week I yeah on Lula, you know on Instagram and you were right so I think it's great but as we kind of get into the you know the holiday season right now which is you know a crazy time obviously for retail in general you know what was something for you that kind of kept you you know on your a game kept you passionate mm-hmm. about the job even though there was so much pressure and stress kind of going into you know not just the sales perspective but I'm sure from just keeping your team morale up yeah. and everything I um always stay connected to my why, no matter what I'm doing. And my why for Lululemon is I love the people. I love our team. And I think it was 
an honor that they trusted me to lead them. Um, and then our guest, I always thought it is a crazy time for so many people. I never know what anyone's walking in, in the door with. So my one goal is to make sure they leave feeling a little bit better than they came in. And when I broke things down that simply, like just like 1%, right? If someone, if an employee left feeling 1% better today, if a guest, then they go spread that to someone and they spread that to someone. Um, so anytime it got crazy, I dial back to my why. I also, um, uh, self-care, you hear self-care all the time and self-care for everyone's different. I know I need to have 30 minutes to an hour to move to exercise every day. And Mark was laughing. We were talking, um, I also really love cheeseburgers and French fries and beer. So after, it was like a tradition that started when I was dating my now husband. Um, after every Saturday, Saturday night close, we would meet and get a cheeseburger and fries and have a beer. And then as we now have three children, I would take myself out the last holiday season um, to Fleming's across the way and I would sit at the bar and I would have a cheeseburger, french fries and a beer. So just things like that um, keep me grounded as well. And um, yeah, anyway, I love cheeseburgers. I'm I'm not a psychiatrist or, you know, I don't have a background in psychology, but a lot of my questions are very much like just trying to, to just poke at people to get emotions out and really to kind of hear different perspectives and such. I'm just very fascinated in that. And the things that I'm thinking about when you're talking is just like, just blown away by the, not just the passion that you have for, for your job, but the passion you have for humans. Um, I think that was very telling in what you just said. Um, and then, you know, just relating that to, you know, just really, and this isn't something you said, but that puts a lot of like, you know, maybe stress or it's, it's not pressure per se, but you put a lot of work in every single day when you're giving that much. Mm -hmm. And so you might not even realize that. And it doesn't feel like a burden, you know, myself as a coach, it's not a burden that I have to care for people, or it's not a burden that you have to listen to somebody who's going through a hard time and help guide them. Those are luxuries, but they also, it's, it's, we use the analogy of running. It's a workout in itself. Mm -hmm. um, so just hearing that self-care piece, I know a lot of people do talk about self-care, but we wouldn't talk about it so much if it wasn't important. And so just hearing something along the lines of, okay, I have my reward or whatever that is that, you know, kind of keeps me in a good place uh, mentally, I think is, you know, so powerful and so meaningful and kind of tracking back to our previous conversation, I'm sure fitness has been something that can kind of help keep you afloat, correct? Totally. Like as a manager and, and kind of leading in times like that. Manager, a mom, a human. Yeah. Everyone knows I'm a lot nicer after I work out. <laughs> got to make it sure. It is you, a known statement. Yeah. Got to make sure you get your workouts in. Um, when you're, when you're thinking of like that moment, I would say, cause I want to, I want to stay on this is, uh, it's so fascinating just thinking of you at Fleming's having that cheeseburger, <laughs> having that beer and knowing this. Um, and I bring this up because, uh, on Sunday night, Sunday's the day that I send all my training plans out for the week to all my athletes. And so Sunday's really stressful because it's all about editing. I have sessions, like everything. It basically comes down to the wire and I never miss Sunday after five to make sure I send those emails. And so it's like so important to me. It's a deadline, got to do it. And then I shut my computer off and I don't check my email until Monday morning. Nice. And what I do is uh, now our tradition is we go to Olive and Oak and we sit at the bar. And yeah. I love it because you sit up there, you have a couple of drinks and it's, it's funny because it's a celebration, but it's not like this party hard phase. It's more of this like reflection time. And then it's like 
kind of wraps up and I'm motivated for the next day and the mm-hmm. day after that. And it's not necessarily that like I'm ready to be at Olive Oak the next night. It's more like can't wait to be at Olive Oak next Sunday to wrap up the week. Uh, so then tying that back to your story, is that kind of perspective for you in terms of where your head was at? Or were you like, you know, is there a totally different meaning behind that dinner? <laughs> well, I, I just think it's what, um, okay, so you know, when you're like creating a new habit or something, you like attach it and it just becomes this like thing that you do kind of like running. Okay. I know Mondays I run here, Tuesdays, this is what I do. I think it just kind of becomes like that sort of thing too, where I'm like, okay, this is, I, I close the store. I get a cheeseburger. Like it. Love it. <laughs> it's routine. Exactly. It's routine. You know, it's like when my dog knows that I finished lunch, my dog is ready to walk. You know, totally. <laughs> it's the, it's the part of the day. No, no, I love that. And I appreciate, you know, even, even just the background, even if it is just about a burger, it's something that you do. And I think anybody at home listening, um, you know, can do that for anything that they do. And like you said, like it has evolved. It's not necessarily, you know, with your husband anymore, you know, but you know, now that you have kids, it, it's, it probably means a little bit differently than it was when you were just dating or you didn't have kids. So mm-hmm. I think that's very cool. Um, so, so kind of jumping through, like, you know, talking a little bit more about, you know, your position with Lululemon and leadership, you know, how, how important is it for you? Um, you know, when you think of yourself as, you know, just a powerful, badass female leader in their organization and, and having that kind of, you know, impact and, and platform to be able to, to really lead and guide people. You're kind. Um, I think I've said the word like privilege and gratitude 800 million times already on this podcast, but that's truly like the fact that I had such amazing mentors at Lululemon that I received so much. Um, Lululemon's all about like, first it's leading yourself, right? And so it's working on things like personal responsibility, communication. um, And then once you get through those things, it's like, okay, leading others, right? So now I can support people through um, generosity, generosity. through real conversation, straight talk. And then you can lead the organization through things like agility, um, decision-making. And I I started here in the beginning of, of working on a lot of things with myself and then felt comfortable to work with others. And eventually it just led to leading the organization. And like I shared earlier, just my why, and I, part of my purpose is um, – I've done a lot of purpose work. And and one is I love bringing joy to people and those around me. And I also love being in service of others. And I found that it was a natural place for me to do that. And Lululemon helped me discover what those things were and gave me, I call it a playground. It gave me this like environment where I got to explore um, being curiosity fuck up a lot of times and a lot of things in leadership, right? Because it's like, there's no guidebook for people. And so, um, I learned a lot about myself in that process. The editors over there marking down, I said the F word. You know, it's, 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 it's a part, we talked about this off camera, you're not camera off of uh, the recording, you know, that we are starting to relook at our, you know, our policies for what the mission of speed podcast, you know, really holds. So, you know, well, you know, whether or not we use the F word or not, I know that what Make you mistakes. said was very, yeah, exactly. Mistakes <laughs> and, and power uh, in itself. No, no, I love, I love that. And I love that just that you're speaking so much about like wanting people to be happy and wanting others to be happy. I think that's, you know, when you, and you probably can agree to this. Like I had a friend ask me the other day, she's like, asked me a lot of questions about leadership and what it means to be a leader. And in some ways I think as a leader, 
you don't really think about it. It's mm-hmm. like one of those things that you just kind of do. It's, yeah. you know, you're kind it's of called like, upon. It's like the leadership isn't about you. <clears throat> it's like you, Mark, you have this potential. You have this amazing thing inside of you. What I get to do is create conditions, ask you questions, put you in a space where you get to unlock and unleash that potential. So I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, it's probably like coaching. Like, you can't run a race for someone. No. no. I can't. It's not, so it's not about us. No. It's about that person. So it's selfless, I think. Yeah. The, it's the whole and, thing. and what's so funny about it is it's selfless and then it has the selfish tie because our DNA is so much our fulfillment in life isn't necessarily about getting things, you know, like, you know, maybe like the other way. Like I, I, I'll look at it like this, like, you know, to me, somebody running a PR or somebody completing their process and having a positive experience and just completing it and, and being successful, then, so, you know, it doesn't necessarily make me feel like I did it for them mm-hmm. or, um, or I feel the way that they do. But then I feel like so happy that they're happy, yes. you know, and where yes. other people, it's like, I have to find my own happiness to be happy and it, not, not critiquing it. I think we're all wired so differently. And so that's why I love sitting down with people who are in leadership positions and just kind of like seeing what is it that, that, that makes them tick. But something I just said to my friend was, I was like, you know, listen, like you just wake up kind of like you were saying, like you just wake up this way and you know, you find out that this is something as you get older, that's a strength of yours. And in a lot of ways, I look at it like this, like if you don't utilize it, it's a waste. Mm-hmm. It's a waste to the gift that you were given. And first, you're not going to live up to your fullest potential if you're not utilizing it. Um, and second, you know, so many people want to lead or want to be guided or want to be a part of something. We all have a, we, we all, we all are a position in the big sport of whatever life we want to call. And so our, you know, our position is to get people together so we can use those people, like you said, to help us win. Cause it's not just, it's not our voice. It's going to be the winner. And we just might need some direction. You know, you right. think about the person with um, rowing, what is it? They have the, what is it? Ox, uh, I don't know what they call them. Uh, uh, I know who you're yeah, talking yeah, about. They, they yell, they don't even, they don't even do, and I don't want to, be disrespectful to rowing because I have no idea about the sport, you know, but I know that there's one person in the boat right. that doesn't do any of the physical work, but has like the most important job and gets recruited to like high level D1 schools to basically instruct and lead people. So, you know, it's a tangent in itself, but I think that, you know, I, I think that it's, it's important to, to think about these things and talk about these things because I think in, in, in some ways it's going to empower somebody else. And I've had friends who have worked at Lululemon over the years who've told me that like, you're like the person that like gets them in tears. You're the person that like gets them to say <laughs> everything and makes them feel like just so great about themselves. Uh, you know, for, for you in, in finance and in your previous career, were you thinking these kind of things like in terms no. of no I, mean, I was also like early 20s okay so my mind was not totally no. different was it so was it having the job and then having kids the perspective that kind of helped you with this or um it's it's a lot of honestly the training and development i got at lululemon and that the company um what if you know when you lululemon we state we create leaders for the world and so yes we sell really awesome clothing. And I always thought like the clothing keeps the lights on. And that's not what got me out of bed in the morning was folding pants. I (laughs) I do like folding pants, but that's not what got me out of bed. What got me out of bed was being able to positively impact people's lives. And then I'm sure like how you feel, like you mentioned when someone crosses a race, when like, and I don't like making people cry, but it's um, the listening (laughs) and the asking questions, meaningful questions, because I believe everyone has the answers with inside of themselves. And so sometimes it's just asking 
those questions that help them uncover something they couldn't access before. And those are the things I left in like, I made, I positively impacted someone's life. And then that just is put out in the universe and it spreads. So I don't even know what the question was. I see I'm now I'm on a tangent. It's not about a rower, but um, <laughs> that's, it, it started through Lululemon with Lululemon. And then kids, the kids helped added empathy for sure. Um, I think it made me, yes, a more empathetic leader after having kids too. That's awesome. No, no, I love that. That's, that's great perspective. Um, yeah. And no, no. And to clarify, it is all good crying. It's not bad crying. She came in there and, you know, made them feel better about themselves. Enlightenment, empowerment. Um, well, and I also think about this a lot. I worked retail for about five years and something I noticed about retail and it was, per, it was a you know reason why I was in retail is a lot of times you work retail when you're in transition of your life. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you are leaving another job or sometimes you're, you're in school, you know, and you're transitioning to the next phase. And I'm assuming that a lot of people that you were mentoring touring, you're getting them ready, not just to be great at their job here, but probably better at the next yeah. step that they're taking. Correct. That's what I told myself anyway. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, yeah. yes, totally. Like, and I, like I shared a lot of what we train at Lululemon isn't just about the fabrics and the features and the clothing. It's about those. It's, we do a lot of goal setting, you know, so Mark, where do you want to be in 10 years? What's going to get you there? What matters to you? Right? Like what are the core values of your life? Um, what's your purpose in life? Those are questions you would never expect to receive if you signed up to work at a retail store. No, I, that's, that's, that's such good. You know, I also, I, you use the word gratitude a hundred times. I use the word perspective, you know, <laughs> I use that over and over again. So maybe our, you know, maybe Bill will be able to find another word for us, uh, for next episode <laughs> for our follow-up, um, kind of staying on the topic of, you know, you being a successful, you know, leader, um, you know, um, somebody that, you know, obviously is guiding people at work, but also at home, like being a mom and being a part of this community, especially here in St. Louis, um, you know, what, what comes to your mind when you think of yourself now, like as you're in this sabbatical phase, like you're, you know, you're probably having more time to spend maybe with your kids and, you know, you've maybe had an opportunity maybe to reflect a little bit more on just that impact that you've made. Cause it's hard to reflect when you're working crazy hours, you know, at the store and people mm-hmm. are stressed. You don't really know what the, you know, what, what that's like, but before, you know, you forget my question here because I'm going off on a million mile tangent, you know, what, what does it mean for you? What does being home with the kids mean? You just, just you know, the who you are to this day. You know, the person that you've, um, I hate saying the word created, mm-hmm. but become. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. I have, um, in reflection, I, I'm really grateful for Lululemon. Um, the, a lot of the skills I learned from there have really made me a better mom. Right. When I think of, um, they're just little humans and people, right. And so in terms of like the space they need to express themselves, how I can unleash, unleash their potential, right. Like my job is to not like make them a certain way. Like they all, all three of them are unique and they all have their strengths and they're all so different. And so I look at my job now as the exact same thing as like, I'm going to bring joy to their lives. If they can go out and then spread that to someone else. I've done my job. If I can create the conditions for them to feel free to experiment, try things, and then find out who they are as 
little people into big people. I've done my job. So I actually see a lot of similarities with what I was able to do at Lululemon as well. It's, it's fantastic just hearing that too, that you can see that role you know, in, in your parenting as much as you can see it, obviously, in what you've done professionally. You know, I don't have kids, so I don't know what that looks like, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, because so much of my ties to success is so much professionally, mm-hmm. you know, and then so just hearing that you hear, I, you know, when you listen to professional athletes and they talk about their kids being more important than their championships, you know, it resonates in the sense that, oh, that would make sense that your kid's more important than your championship. But when you don't have kids, you're like, wow, man, those kids must be pretty damn important because that was a pretty nice, you know, you know, championship. You got. Uh, they are. And what, what the, the difference in what I found really challenging is that at within any job, right? For a mom, like with a job, you get feedback from like a boss, your employer. Hey, you're doing really well. You did great on this project. Here's your raise. You did, right? You're, you're getting that. And as a mom, I'm like, am I doing okay? Nobody's watching me. My kids told me they hated me five times. They didn't eat any of the food I cooked. The house is a mess, right? Like that has been a very hard shift for me is how I knew I was successful at Lululemon. I don't have those same outside sources telling me um, at home. So that's been a work in progress. Well, you're doing fantastic. (laughs) And I, I think it's great that we have social media because I think there's you know, probably times where we are feeling low about ourselves. And then, you know, you read somebody's story. I know you're, you're very open with sharing, you know, Katie McFarland shares a lot, you know, and then you say, wow, that does resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not the worst, you know, mom in the world. Maybe my house isn't the dirtiest, you know, place in the, you know, in the, the entire, you know, kingdom, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, we're probably, especially too, for somebody like yourself, you know, and me too, like we're people who want the most out of our lives when mm-hmm. we're rich. them so, when we're not doing something 100% or we don't maybe have that necessary, you know, satisfaction right off the bat, it can be discouraging, you know, and, and it's not something, you know, that always probably comes comfortable. But something I think so much about is like my mom, and this is hopefully something that will tie in and be positive for you, um, maybe enlighten you as just, you know, your perspective of where your kids will be, you know, in 15, 20 years. But, you know, my mom started her business. She's an interior design home stager. She started when I think I was like eight or nine years old. Um, and it was just part of our life. You know, like her business started off as staging where they would just stage houses to be ready to be sold just to make them look prettier so people would buy them. And so at first they didn't have any furniture. So I'd come home from school and the kitchen table would be gone, you know, <laughs> or, you know, or the couch upstairs is gone, That's which funny. huge bummer when you, you try to watch, you know, eat dinner, or try to watch TV. Um, but as the years kind of grew on, then she had this whole office and she had this whole warehouse of all this furniture. And then she's really successful in flying around the country and working as interior designer for different clients and watching that grind, that work ethic as it went, but also coinciding when it never interfered with her as a parent, like never saw her miss a sporting event, you know, never saw her miss any of those kind of big moments, all while individually still following that path. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older, um, that's inspired my own self professionally. Like I think about that all the time. Like, you know, wow, that gives, I, I think like, would I still be as motivated to be as professionally inspired while still wanting to be personally inspired, if that makes sense, awesome. you know, having those two things. And so you're somebody I think about kind of when it comes to that is that you're showing that you can be somebody who puts it all in, you know, to both sides of things and has those success and probably can marry the two. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure that there's those moments in your professional, personal career, like maybe with running or fitness or work where you can think, wait, it's even better with my husband and my three kids right. behind me. Totally. 
we're just we're getting we're getting deep in here. <laughs> um, so you've uh, following your social media. Social media doesn't tell the whole story, right. but man, it's been fun to watch you in this last year. And something that I have noticed a ton of is that you've transitioned over to um, a sport that has become. Is it right to say it's a sport? I, I've, uh, it's like a art. movement sort of. Okay, I mean, a fitness art. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Technique. You know, something in those whatever lines. you want to call it. Yeah, it's, we can it's, call it a sport for it, the today's. It's called Pilates, which everybody <laughs> knows, and it seems like there's a lot more Pilates studios popping up mm-hmm. right now. But it's a practice that's been done for years, and I know that I'm excited to kind of hear more of your perspective on it because I know that you've trained a specific way to teach a specific way. Um, but how has that transition been for you, kind of getting into this and and um, doing something that's a little bit different, but yeah. still in your comfort zone of helping people? Yeah, exactly. Um, one of one of my biggest fears with taking um, a sabbatical from Lululemon was I would lose what brought me joy, and I would lose all of the amazing things I got out of working with other people at Lululemon. And um, I mentioned my core values were sweat, learn, and play. And I'm like, I, I knew to be my best self for myself, my husband, my kids, I needed to fill that hole. And um, Pilates is something that I got introduced into um, after my first son. And I started with Melissa Clark, who owns Clayton Pilates, who's amazing, is my mentor. And I noticed when I started doing Pilates, um, I had a, a decrease in my injuries and I started running faster. And I was like, wait a minute, like what is actually going on here? So that got me hooked. And then I did it through my pregnancies. And again, and I just continually noticed I was able to find muscles I wasn't able to locate before. Um, so I call it like my motor muscle in the back, like, right, like where you run, like your high hamstring glute, like this is my motor. Here's how I keep my chest more open to breathe. Here's how I keep this engaged. And all these things were just like, boom, 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 boom. And then I'm like, I, people need this. Like people need Pilates in their life. I want to help people who want to move. Um, so then that led me down. My husband's like, what are you doing? Like you took time off to be at home and now you're like telling me you're going to Boulder and this is what you're training and you're going to start teaching. And so he like thinks I'm nuts because I, I can't stop moving. Um, so now it's, I mean, it's, I, I get to work with people again and I get to help them. And like, um, just this past week, like Tiffany Durham, who's also at Lululemon, um, I've been working with her and like, we were trying to find that high hamstring glute. She's like, I don't know where it is. And she like, we tried something. She found it. I was like jumping up and down. I'm like, we got it, you know? And so it's that same excitement I got before that I now get to work with people in Pilates. And to me, it's like the same thing. It's connection. I get to work with humans um, and help them move it. And like they leave every time feeling better than they came in physically, sometimes mentally. I remember that St. Louis track club race. I think it was uh, fall of 2019. Yeah. And uh, you were on the podium after doing that race. And I think that you said like you, you trained for it, but not really and kind of surprised yourself. Uh, and I remember you just speaking so highly of, you know, your new strength training that you'd been doing. And, you know, for a coach from the coaching perspective, like I'm always telling people you got to strength train, you got to do these specific mm-hmm. things. These are really important for runners. But then for myself personally, it's a lot harder to, to motivate yourself to do it. And for a lot of us, like you said this earlier, it, the sport's so easy because you can put your shoes on and just go out. And so we get, you know, in a lot of ways we get too comfortable, you know, as being runners, we get, we think that this just kind of given to us because we do it every day. It's this, you know, a right. repetitive motion that you get better and you do get stronger from it. 
But as you see, there's those, you know, times where first and foremost, you know, our bodies are always changing, you know, we're getting older, things happen. So that, you know, evolution, you know, happening, you need the, you need the protection, you need the strength behind you. And so Mm -hmm. seeing you talk about it, you know, maybe in 2019, I knew that you're passionate about it, excited about it. But in the last, for me, in the last year, I became way more serious about strength training. And I always laugh because it's like, it's like you found a new religion and you want to tell every single person yeah. about it. And you're like, why didn't we do this? And so now it connects so much with me when I hear you talk about it and see it. I'm like, makes total sense why she wants to tell every single runner <laughs> to do it because it is such a positive thing and it does make such a difference for you. And so I think it's really cool that you've, you found something that can not just, um, you know, make you feel good about yourself, but also can help people. And do a lot of people come into your gym feeling insecure about themselves or do you think worried? And maybe they don't share that. Yeah. I I think most humans have some sort of insecurity in general. Everyone, um, has got something and I think our space as people that want to help or be in service or coaches is to just hold a safe space for someone, um, so that they feel accomplished when they leave, that they've worked on something. And then I find this too, working with any human in any way, eventually it becomes like a little bit of a therapy session for everyone too, right? You probably hear a lot of stories running and then that's the same thing with the space. So I find a lot of times the movement, like the mind and the body are connected. So a lot of times you might work through something physically and mentally with someone. It That's, that's so true. And it's so powerful, you know, when you, you think about it, it's, it's maybe an hour that you dread and then it becomes the hour that's most important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's hardest to get into the door for some days because the thought of like, when you're especially like when you're thinking about yourself sleeping in a warm bed, your body is just so still while you're asleep and you're so rested, which is great. The thought of working out is like, Oh my gosh, this is like, you know, I, I, I think about that all the time. Cause I'm always like feeling bad about myself. Like, why am I just not motivated every door to jump out the door? Cause people think like, Oh, you just get up and you're right. ready to run. But it's really that routine that makes you get there. But it's the hook, like you said, that keeps you there and you mm-hmm. see how important it is for you. And I, I think I, it's like, and I'll just maybe challenge you, Mark Yeah, is reframing how you talk to yourself can help with there. And that's something I focus on. It's like, I get to, I, I have a body that can do this. Like I get to go do this. And I know afterwards I'm going to feel so great. And I, I, I practice a lot with myself is just awareness of, oh, this is the hardest hour. Like, this is so cool. How many people would love to move their body like this? And they don't get to. And I just, that is the track in my head that I always try to flip. I love that. I love that. I think that's so important. And you know, there's, there's legitimate reasons for why people feel the way that they do about exercise and, and why it's a, you know, depressing thing for them or why it's a struggle. But like you said, like, you know, half the battle is being able to be blessed with two legs and, and having the ability to just participate in it. Yeah. And then know? find something you love. Like there's so many options to move now. Like, so there's so many Pilates studios, there's gyms, there's something like, if you don't love what you're doing, like try something else That's and you might point. find that is something that sticks with you. And even it could be like yoga studio to yoga. So every studio is different. Every trainer is different. And in St. Louis, we are so lucky. There are so many, you've known through 11, there are so many amazing trainers in this town and people that want to help that I believe there is someone for everyone um, that could make you want to get out of bed in the morning. That's, yeah, that's perfect. And, and 
I almost like want to cut this, like, you know, slide up into a little, you know, little part and use this as like an advertisement <laughs> to, uh, to people because you're so right. St. Louis is so well equipped with just great trainers, but what you said there is so genius. Um, you know, you just, you just described, you know, fitness in a nutshell, because I think so many people struggle with fitness because they don't love it. And so somebody sees you and they know you as a runner Pilates, they might be afraid to talk to you about it or just they don't connect with you about it because they don't do that and they don't like it. So then they just, maybe they just don't do it. They just don't participate in fitness where, like you said, they find something they never thought like would be awesome. And then they love it and they want to do it every single day and it riches their life and it's so powerful. And so that's my challenge to anybody at home as well, as well as Laura's is, is finding something, you know, because everybody has to, we all have to work out to some degree to be at live a happy, healthy life. Mm -hmm. You know, fitness is the one thing that is, you know, there's no human being out there that, you know, that is, you know, we're only going to benefit from it. And so finding, like you said, something that you identify is, is so great. So, so where can we find you with Pilates now? You're, you're with, um, you started with Clayton Pilates and I want to say you're at Lifetime too. Yeah. So I'm at the two places. So Lifetime is wonderful because all three of my kids can go there for childcare. And oh, we've been beautiful. working out there for a while, which is nice. Um, and a lot of my friends are there. But then, like I mentioned, um, Clayton as well. And I'll like say Melissa Clark again is, I think um, she has taught me so much. So every time I'm there, it's she's amazing and wonderful. So both of those places. And then... Um, I also work out all around town, so I pop around everywhere, and I love to go to different studios and take advantage of all the awesome people um, in St. Louis. One of my favorite things to do on Instagram is watch your boxing oh. videos. <laughs> <laughs> she does one-on-one -on -one boxing, and it is, I mean, you are fast. Thank you. You are fast. Joseph Pilates was a boxer. Was he? So Did not the man know that. that started Pilates yeah. actually was a boxer and trained a lot of boxers. And over the years, it's become more dancish. And okay. I'm not dancer material. Okay. I'm more boxer material. Um, but yeah, that's with um, Heath Norton, who owns Title Boxing. And his whole, if you guys, if you've never tried boxing, like go see Heath at Title. His classes are so fun. His staff's amazing. And anyone, like all ages, can do it. Um, it's great. I've met Heath through Lululemon oh, twice. Isn't he awesome? That is one of the nicest people he's I've so ever great. met in my entire life. Yeah. And I had one conversation with him uh, at a Lululemon men's event um, at this point almost three years ago. And I remember the conversation just so well mm -hmm. because it was so powerful and he had such good advice. And when we saw each other at that uh, opening the other day for the new Frontenac Lululemon, I mean, maybe he didn't under maybe he didn't remember the conversation, but he remembered our interaction. And I was just blown away because I was like, this guy's got a family. This guy had a whole new studio he was going through. There was a pandemic. And he remembers our conversation from this one small event that we were together. That'd be a person would be great he's off, awesome. you know, off to the side to get on a podcast you because need to he's funny. he would be, oh my gosh, yeah. he'd be a fantastic one. <laughs> well, that's, and that's just another example of, of fitness and, and why Lululemon was, you know, such a powerful thing has, and has been for so many people because it ties a bunch of like-minded people um, together and gives them opportunities to, to, to participate in fitness, which is so powerful. Uh, a question I have for you that I found, you know, that I, it, it's like my business mind kind of leads this way so much. And cause and maybe you see yourself as this and maybe not like my business is I have a business and then I'm a coach, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm always, coach is always the first priority with a, with an athlete, but you still have the business side to it. And you know, you're, you're your own business in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things that you do. Um, but you think about your, 
customer per se, you know, uh, when it comes to retail, they are customers, you know, they're friends and, you know, part of your community, but they're customers. And then in Pilates, they are your customers, but they're also more than that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, like you said, there's a deeper connection maybe based on the fact that you're seeing them at their most vulnerable spot and maybe a little more time. But I'd love to hear your, you know, you're just your, maybe your observations or just your perspective on, you know, the differences of people that you're working with from the retail side to Pilates side. Cause I know not one is better than the other. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think it's fascinating to kind of hear, um, here it goes. Yeah. We, um, so at Lululemon, we call all of our customers guests and when, you know, from the very beginning when I was first trained, we, um, our goal with our guests was to create a kitchen party. So you picture like you're in your house and it's Thanksgiving, let's say that's coming up and you are welcome into your space, right? In creating that. And what's crazy is you create that space for people. I've received hugs. I've received like, thank you letters. I've received, I've been on a tears of people telling you what they're going through in their life at while at Lululemon in a fitting room maybe or just out there and um the same thing happens with Pilates so I really think it goes back to just like when you hold that space for someone and when someone actually looks you in the eyes and you can tell that person cares about you and they're present with you how often you go through like your life now and someone's on their phone or they're not fully like with you and sometimes you just give someone you and that's what they needed. So I find it's actually really similar. Like even if I touched a lot of people in the fit, this is pre COVID touched a lot of people in the fitting rooms. Like, does this fit you? How does this feel? I touch people all day long in Pilates and squeeze. So it is, it's a very similar experience. I just spend more time with my Pilates bodies than I did sometimes with the people at Lululemon. That's no, that's very fascinating. Actually, that's even different, even more different than I would have maybe thought, you know, just from asking the question and not surprising, you know, knowing you and, and knowing how, how Lululemon is and, and your thought process. But, you know, I think it's it, something that resonates with me with what you just said is so much about how it doesn't really matter what you're doing. If you, mm-hmm. like you said, if you create a positive space and you just want to help people and you want to, you know, bring community together, you can make a difference in this world. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be a big thing that you're doing. I say that to people all the time, you know, like with, with our organization, with, with, uh, with my team that I run, um, you know, it's, it's a small, we're a small part of this world, a very small part of this world. But it's really cool to see people who all know each other now through just the fact they had the same coach, you know, a common denominator there, you know, and now that they are, you know, have connections in their lives, you know, some, you know, have had references for jobs and things like that. And it's all just built on the fact that you guys had something you had something in common with. Mm -hmm. And then there's a positive space to kind of be in with it. And I think that's really cool. I think that Lululemon should be really proud of themselves that they can give that experience because, I think when you think of a traditional path of a retail store, like all that stuff is great. You know, it's all great in theory, but sales is going to triumph everything, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Pilates, you might think of it more traditionally from our society standpoint of, oh, it makes more sense that the fitness thing would be more empowering. So kudos to them and people like you and their organization that kind of keep those values rolling and everything like that. And you know, th- so much of you, you've talked today about just so many similar things, but it just you know, appears to me, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but you're always evolving. It seems like you're always kind of, and and not in the sense that like, I know you said you had workout ADD, like how you like to do a lot, Mm -hmm. but to me, it doesn't seem like it's this 
unhealthy distraction, you know, of life, you know, we're mm-hmm. just doing this to check a box. It right. seems like you're passionate about everything you do. I look at you as one of those people that like you, it's, I almost think it's a weird analogy, but I can see you like going up a freaking mountain and just hitting <laughs> stuff, you know, next step, next step, summoning the next place, the next place, the next place and being happy at every summit, mm-hmm. but just knowing I can go a little bit higher. I can go a little bit higher. Um, do you think about that? you know, often? Yeah. I, I, there's like some big stuff I want to do. And it's been interesting becoming a mom to three little kids. And, um, I've read so many books. I just like, I'm a learner. Like I, I love, I devour information and I can't remember what book it was in, but, um, it talked about like, it's a, a myth that you can do everything and do it well and like be okay. And and that was good for me to read and hear that because, um, it's made me really choose what I'm going to put into my life and focus on at this moment in time and know that this moment in time will not always look the same. So, I mean, 10 years from now, all the 15 year old, 13 year old, 11 year old, they probably want to talk to me, right? (laughs) They'll want to be fed and then maybe that's it. And then I get to change and evolve too with what I'm able to do in my life. And so that perspective has helped me like stick to what's most important to me. How do I fill that in my life now so that everything that I want to focus on, the things that are important to me and my family get what they deserve. And then as that shifts, they can tilt a bit where there can be more focus on what I'm able to put out there. It's an important message, I think, for people to hear. And there's a lot of parents that listen to my podcast. Um, and I know that to be true that, you know, you know, I think probably a lot of people, you know, can relate in the sense that they maybe sometimes struggle to have both sides of the, you know, the pie here because, you know, maybe there's guilt that comes involved with it or Ugh, one side yeah. or the other. And so I think it's it's so refreshing to hear that. And I think that's incredibly inspiring for people to kind of know that you don't have to you know, put a great, you know, basically put a tombstone down because you've decided to have kids and decided to have a family now. That just means that, wow, look at how much more maybe versatility you have now. Yeah. You know, look at more, maybe there's more doors open now, you know, or more like, people what is that big today. thing? And what are like, to get to that big thing most of the time, you just don't get the big thing. Like there's a path and they're like, okay, that's your goal. Like what's your trickle back? What are the things you can be doing now? That'll get you there. And so that that's how I really see it. Here's my big stuff. I'm back. Step by step. There's no video here, but I'm back <laughs> here. So I know everything I'm doing is contributing to where I want to be. Yeah. No, I, I call it a roadmap. That's what I always yeah. say to people, having a roadmap. And so it's so much in line with that, those step-by-step processes and uh, never being afraid of, of what that, you know, maybe it's not a destination that we're headed towards, but it's that, you know, that you know, I see it almost like as being in a tunnel, but a good tunnel because being in a tunnel can be really yeah. dark, and really depressing. <laughs> claustrophobic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very much so. I see it more being in this like kind of light tunnel that's always kind of getting better and better. And then they're just being light that we're chasing. And I don't necessarily know what's at the end there, but I do have a visualized, you know, kind of thought of it like pretty mountains maybe or, or the beach, whatever the case is, but I see it. And it's that, like you said, it's like trying to get through each step in respecting, you know, the process of that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you finish, you know, Boston or you've, you know, crushed a, you know, a big goal of yours, maybe it's a more process oriented goal with something strength related. Where, I did my first triathlon in May. Oh, was, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. That was huge. And, mm-hmm. and so I can almost guarantee, 
you had a little bit of celebration, totally. but I almost can guarantee that your mindset was like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> like I, that, and it's like that confidence. I think whether when you have those, that roadmap and you like get to the ones I was playing Candyland the other night, you're on Candyland, you get from square <laughs> to square. It builds your confidence, doesn't it? Like when you see a, one of your runners, like they crush a 5k grow something in the case. Now I can maybe do the 10 K and now I can do this. And that's, what's neat about that roadmap too, is it gives you all the tools and skills that you need to get to wherever your tunnel leads you. Absolutely. No. And, and when it comes to like, I listen to a lot of inspiring pad- podcasts like by Ed Milet and different people. And I feel like we're always talking about the same motivational yeah. stuff and then motivational people. We dig it up. It's like we said the same thing in nine different ways yeah. and it's still the coolest thing to hear where I can only imagine on the outside. It's like, you just said the same cliche line again, but honestly, I get emotional like there's not a lot of things in my life that get me emotional. One is like sports, you know, and then, you know, another is I just get really emotional about the process. And I don't know why I get so emotional about the process. Like there is something to me that is like so sexy in the work, like in the stuff that builds. You put yourself on the line. There's, you can't have any ego. Like you're like willing to go get yourself crushed. And that's scary. It's scary. And a lot of times the training's a lot harder. Like everyone watches you at the race. Yep. No one watches you do all the hard work and it's lonely. And there's so many things that come up, right? Like with that mind body connection and the inner voice you have to work through in your head. And there's a lot that goes into all the work that it takes to get you're, there. You're previewing our second podcast together. Oh. <laughs> that's we're gonna have to remember this because then we can go into the next, you know, the next level of that. Well, that's that's fantastic. Everything you've said today has just been, you know, just so wonderful. And I just appreciate, you know, you being, you know, your authentic self. I know that you kind of coming in here, I asked you the question, like, is there anything out of bounds or the cases? And you're like, no, I'm bringing me, you know, I'm willing to talk about whatever that is. So, so as we wrap up here, you know, I, I think a lot of people are probably listening to this and thinking, okay, okay, it would be great to know where this person is on social media. Like, how can I follow this inspiring individual? So where, first and foremost, you have social media? Do you, yeah, where? Yeah, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram. So Laura Funlop is like my personal, that's where you see my family and my kids. And it's F-U-N-L-O-P um, because my brother-in-law married a Laura as well. So <laughs> we're the same name. And then my Pilates is Retrain. Pilates. So that's an account I made um, when I started Pilates. Um, so that's all of my Pilates goodness is there. I love it. I love it. I encourage anybody, you know, listening to this today that has not you know, maybe heard of Laura or maybe just doesn't follow the journey yet um, to give her a follow. Um, and when she's, you know, in the studio, whether it's Pilates or if she's back with uh, Lululemon, you know, come find her and tell her who you are. Tell her that you listen to this podcast and that you yeah. heard from her because she is as authentic and as real as it sounds over the words here. And I can give a personal testimonial because I've known her not for very long, but I know her enough to know that, you know, it's more than just some marketing ploy to, oh <laughs> to make herself look better. So she's an amazing human. And I, I just can't thank you enough for coming on this. And this was fun. Yeah, congrats thank on you. your first podcast ever. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. Where's the cheeseburger and beer, Mark? 
you know what? I think uh, this is a good plug for Olive and Oak right there <laughs> on a Sunday night. Come join me. Come join me and my Sold. girlfriend. Now let's tell her, you know, we're going to make a little room at the bar, you know, so I can always get a Manhattan there. We'll that do a night. double date. We'll have to, you know. I think that's actually a great idea. It's, uh, we just, there's so much that happens on the podcast that just makes you better. You know, you figure out different parts of your life. You really just an opportunity to catch up with somebody too, so. so nice. <laughs> yeah, in like a quiet room. Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. I'm sure for you, yeah, this is like, you know, this is the idea of a stay vacation, right? This is a gift. Just, yeah. <laughs> thank you. So, well, thank you so much. This is, this is. Thank you.